Have you ever had a vision or dream of starting your own business? Have you thought, gosh, how do I even take the first step? What does a great partner look like? What are the skill sets, expertise, or value systems that I would expect from that person? Today, we're going to visit with two incredibly dynamic, successful, proven operators and leaders in the business of empowering people to be great. We have the co-founders of Noble Co., Stephanie Murphy and Marty McLeish. This is At The Podium with Manuela Mesqua, a podcast featuring interviews with top performers in sports, business, and entertainment to uncover the stories, lessons, and disciplines of the top 1%. Ladies and gentlemen, and now here's your host, CEO and entrepreneur, Manuela Mesqua. Happy hey, to be here. Thanks for having us. <laughs> we are so well, happy to be here. Welcome to At The Podium. <laughs> One, I'm incredibly warm because I normally am in a t-shirt when I host these, but two, like I was already like so nervous. I was like, I've not seen Marty in almost two years, yeah. right? So Marty and I used to work together. Yep. And we had a great run. She helped us do things we could never have done at that time within the firm. And I met Stephanie through Marty at a Detroit Economic Club event. That's right. That's and right. And my boy, Steve Gregorian, I see him all the time That's in right. the neighborhood because he, he, he was umping baseball. He runs at the track at the high school behind my house. And so it's just amazing like how small the world has it really, really is. become, it right? It is. Yeah. And actually at that event, I was the chair for that mm-hmm. event. Oh, so that's right. I, so leaders. I spoke. It was our Young Leader Conference. And I remember, Manny, when our team, our speaker team was coming together. They're like, oh my gosh, we've got Manny. Everybody's going to love him. And we're so excited. And so I want to thank you because we got so much positive feedback and you just made me look good as the conference chair. And all I did was smile in the front and wave. So it was awesome. Thanks for saying that. Can I add to that though? Yeah, I want you to. Something else that happened. I want you to. So that was at the same time when you were asked to be a speaker at the Young Leaders event, you and I had first started talking And I reached out to Stephanie because she's like my (laughs) sensei. And I said, hey, do you know this guy, Manny Mezgla? And she's like, I don't know him personally, but I've heard nothing but amazing things about him. She, She gave me the stamp of approval. I forgot about that until That's you just right. said that. It's That's so right. Gosh, we got lots of stories yeah, where we we've, <laughs> we've uh, pushed each other into the new waters, right? Yeah. But yeah. And I was so excited. I was like, everybody loves him. I was like, it's just so amazing to yeah. be around. And so yeah, it's been That's a great. lot of fun. That's really nice of you to say. And what's awesome is that we get this opportunity to celebrate shortly after you just celebrated your first year anniversary as co-founders of Noble Co. That's right. So let's start off by sharing with our listeners what the vision and value proposition is of Noble Co. So Noble Co. is a consultancy that helps financial advisors really create a stress-free environment where they're feeling more confident, they're feeling like they're more in control, and they're feeling like they are contributing at their highest point of contribution so that they can make more money for their, their clients, more money for their firm as a whole. What we do is we come in and really try to immerse ourselves inside of 
an advisory firm, so typically small businesses, to help them really understand like what are the strengths, what are the weaknesses, where are the opportunities and the threats, and create a really tactical plan that aligns with their natural strengths. And I think that's really important. There's a lot of playbooks out there, but we really we always tell people you don't just need a playbook, you need a partner. You need somebody who understands who you are and how you work, how you think, how do you make decisions and really help to create something that fits in your world that is manageable, that we can build on the great things that you're already doing. Because typically we're coming into to organizations where people are really successful, mm-hmm. right? They're already successful, but they're feeling a level of stress and strain mm-hmm. that they're saying like, this isn't fun. So that's one of the big things I always say, like, we want you to have fun and we want to create solutions that are going to be helpful to you and work with you. What a great value prop. So obviously, as being in my 20th year in the career, I have strong opinions and observations, right, about the industry in general. And this conversation today is not about the industry, but I love hearing that you're focused and obsessed about helping advisors do what they do best and take everything else off the table. Absolutely. Right, because even running a practice in our industry today requires you to have business skills, like have taken business courses, have taken people management courses, have taken operational efficiency courses. It requires so much more than just what we do as an advisor, right? What our expertise is. So I love that idea. So let's check in really quick. Where did that idea to say, this is the problem or opportunity we're going to attack and we're going to add value in and solve, where did that originate from? Having the opportunity to work with so many firms over the last 20 years, I mean, really, we worked for a big part of our careers, we were working with multiple advisors at a time. You know, so we saw the good, the bad, and the ugly. We saw those folks Mm. that were starting out brand new, and we saw those that were really successful in, in trying to get to that next level. But I think it came to years and years of seeing this and finally getting to a point where after working with a couple really successful firms mm-hmm. and understanding what are they what are they doing right like mm-hmm. what is really making them successful and identifying those things and saying okay this is where this group that wants to be at that level isn't and where they can make some changes and so there's a niche there. They need some support. They need some guidance. It's not necessarily a coaching issue. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a staffing issue. And it's not necessarily their personal issue. There's a multitude of things happening there. And so that's where we come in is we come in and we identify like within these four core areas, mm-hmm. where do we need to focus most of our energy? Love that. I want to unpack what it looks like to dream about starting your own business. You're entrepreneurs now after years and years of being proven directors and executives in the business world, in the corporate world, but you're pursuing this dream of working together, how you selected each other, how you keep the train on the tracks, right? Dividing and conquering the work. But I have to think that there was a very special personal relationship before all of that. Absolutely. Share share a story, maybe the first one that comes to mind when you think about just like what reflects your relationship the most. 
So I, I've got one for sure. And as Marty's talking about how I kind of set her on a path when she started working with you is got to be when I met Mike. I mean, so that's my husband, by the way. So my husband and I met, I had worked in college at a college at a bar, right? And it was a family Michigan owned State. bar. I went to Michigan State, yeah, that's but right. I actually worked at a bar down river in Allen Park. And it was a family owned business. And it happened to be a time when there was like a wedding. And so everybody who worked in the bar really wanted to go to this wedding. So they called in the skeleton crew and were like, hey, you worked here before. Will you come and work? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I remember like I went to my mom's, I had to find like my pouch and everything else. And I go to this bar and work for that night. And my husband happened to come in. And I remember I like saw him and I was like, oh, he's really cute, right? He had a bald head. I was like totally into it. I was like, yes, he's super cute. That was it. I like had not done anything else from there. So he says to me, hey, if I give you my number, will you call me? And I said, of course not. Like, hello. Like, I am not going to call you. Like, that's crazy. I'll give you my email. But remember, like, back in the day, like, I gave him my work email. Like, what the heck was I thinking, right? So I give him my work email and kind of just forget about it. And then he emails me on Monday. And I was like... Mike Murphy, who is this guy, right? And so the email comes in and he spelled everything wrong, like all the name of like the the restaurant, everything else like that. And I was like, so Marty's sitting next to me and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I got this email from this guy that I met. I can't go out with him because he's spelling everything wrong. And she was like, listen, Seinfeld, like you are literally <laughs> ruining your life right now. And so all week long, we're texting, we're e- you know sending emails together. And of course, Marty's got like the over my shoulder seat looking at everything that's coming in. And I was, so he says to me, well, let's go to dinner. And I said, well, let's go to lunch because if we don't like each other, then we only have an hour. And so I remember it was that Friday and Marty was like, it's going to be great. We're literally in the bathroom at work, like making sure that everything looks good. Went to lunch with him and came home and I was like, I'm going to marry this guy. So no. Marty really set me Big on the trajectory. Mike. Yes. He's yes. amazing. Amazing. So yeah. Good one. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah, that sums up our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so many different places we can go after that story. I, but I think I like just the significant amount of like respect and affection you almost had for each other for you to just call her out and call her Seinfeld and just be like, Oh my gosh. Almost kind of like, don't be dumb. Yeah. Like just go do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's always been the way that we've operated. I'm the person who kind of thinks the more strategic and the like thinking about all the possibilities and everything that can happen. And Marty comes in with just like the operational and tactical stuff in the world. It's like, just go. Just go. Like, it's not going to be perfect. It might be perfect. It turns out it was. Thank you, Marty. Mm -hmm. You know, but just having that discernment as a friend as well and being able to just be like, okay, all right. If it's terrible, we'll have something to talk about on Monday. Right. It's all about the story. That's our our favorite thing. Yes. It's all All about the stories. (laughs) Let's stay in somewhat of a fun, playful space. Favorite pump up song, Marty? Jay Z, Dirt Off Your Shoulder. Awesome. <laughs> so I can't even follow that. I was like, seriously, you, know, gonna, I, gonna, you know, I got four young kids. I'm like, what, oh, what's, yeah. what's kids about playing right now? You know, so Stephanie, what's your favorite compliment to receive from someone? What really just jazzes you up? I honestly like if somebody tells me that like they feel better for being around me. That's like one of my favorite things in the world. Mm-hmm. Like I want people just to feel like comfortable, engaged, mm-hmm. energized. And if mm-hmm. somebody says to me like, 
you made my experience or like you made my time here. Mm -hmm. That's like my favorite thing in the entire world. And uh, I just love to be able to like have that experience to be like, yeah, I made a difference for somebody. Love that. Yeah. Marty, what's your favorite compliment to give someone? To give someone would be to tell somebody that they're thoughtful. Really just when I recognize that somebody's thoughtful and whether it's about me or whatever the topic is, you know, to see somebody that's really outside of themselves. I really appreciate that. I love that. Explain that though. I feel like I know that about you because we've obviously interacted for a significant amount of time, but what do you mean by when you say someone who's outside of themselves? I've always felt that way, but I didn't really recognize it. And I'll tell you, you know, I really didn't recognize it until I met you and Samantha and some of the other folks that we worked with. You talk so much about gratitude, right? And I'm like, that's what it is. That's what I like that I see in people, the thoughtfulness, Mm. the gratitude, the people that are, there's just so much Mm self-involvement these days. And so when I see that, not only does it remind me that Mm -hmm. I want to be that way, but it also just makes me, it's like, okay, I want to be around that person. They see the bigger picture and Mm -hmm. they show gratitude. They're thoughtful. So I want to hear about Noble Co., But maybe like take us back a little bit before you tell us exactly what Noble Co. is and sort of the value it adds to the marketplace and the problems it solves. Share with us a little bit about what the journey before you knew it was Mobile Co. Like what was happening that the two of you were like, we've got to fix this. Like what happened? Take me through that story. You know what I I think is funny because you talked about like, have you ever thought about owning your own business? Have you ever thought about these things? And I don't think we set out in the space of saying we want to own a business. And what had happened is after Marty had been working with you and working with the advisors and doing all these things, she came to me one day and said, I want to talk something through with you because I just have found a passion point within Mm -hmm. this work. And I want to find out how I can do more of this Mm -hmm. work. So when we first started, I remember we just went and had lunch and she just started talking to me about some things. And I just started asking strategic questions and asking about passions, asking about where her energy lies, like what did she want to do? And just asking like, is this a job that's out there? And I was helping people kind of with career pathing and stuff at the time. And so we were kind of starting with that point of asking like, is this a job or is this a company? Mm, And it wasn't really like at the Mm -hmm. point, it was just kind of like, well, what do we do? You know, what do we want to do? And actually she kind of explained it. I went home, talked to my husband, Mike, who's in financial services as well. And Mm -hmm. I said to him, hey, do you think that there's like anybody out there who is looking for this kind of work? Mm -hmm. He says, I don't know. Let me put it out there. And he put it out and immediately he got like two texts back and like just kind of set Marty on our way. And then it just started like picking up and blowing up. And she called me and said, hey, what do you think about doing this together? And I think at that point, it was really a no brainer because there's nobody in the world that I trust more. I've seen her work ethic and we've been able to see each other from so many different aspects and avenues and having worked with each other for 10 years before, like yes. we knew what our own strengths were. We were able to already identify some of those things. So, yeah. And I think after, you know, it, being in the same industry, well, in, in specifically financial services for 20 years, the path was always in my head anyway, was always to become the advisor, mm-hmm. you know, to become the advisor, what's next. Mm-hmm. And when, 
we started having those conversations, it really started coming to fruition. It's not the industry that I want to leave. It's where are my strengths? Where do my strengths really mm. lie? And what really brings me joy? What do I enjoy? I love working with the advisor and helping them get to the level. So we, we say that we're problem solvers. We have this innate ability to walk into a business and just kind of assess the whole situation mm-hmm. and say, oh, you should do this and you should do this and you should mm-hmm. do this. So from two different aspects, right? From a, from a tactical mm-hmm. standpoint and from a leadership standpoint. And so I think once I was like, that's what I love, you know, that is the stuff that I love. And it's there's such a need, especially in financial services, if you've got these mid-sized firms to really get to that next level, you need somebody in there from an operational standpoint that is going to steer the ship, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a visionary, you need somebody to be there to steer the ship. And it comes at a price. Mm-hmm. 10 years of that kind of level of leadership, I mean, there's got to be some real significant growth expected in order to maintain that. So where I came in, and initially, how we started this was, let's show these folks, let's do all the things that a director of operations or a CEO would do for the owner of a company to get the ship righted. And do that in a six-month span and set those and then maybe hire a mid-level manager or promote somebody from within to take over those roles. And so once we started, those juices started flowing, it's, it's ever, it's evolving. I mean, we just had our one-year anniversary, like you said, and yeah. it's, you know, we're working through things. We're like, yeah, we need to make, pay more attention to this area. And so it's, it's fun. And so if I'm, if I'm listening well, I'm hearing a little bit of you were really digging deep within yourself to say, what's the stuff that I'm really most passionate about and where does that and my expertise meet to add the most value in the marketplace? Thousand percent. Right. And I'm hearing a little bit about Stephanie professing her love to you and her unflinching (laughs) commitment (laughs) to you for the rest of your life. I took advantage of that. (laughs) I trust. Exactly right. I mean, poor Mike, big Mike, man. (laughs) Poor Mike. She said, I trust nobody more in the world. Yeah. I'm Mike, teasing. You know it's true. You know it's know. you know it's true. And, I, and Mike probably envisions me in the back seat of his car with the two of them in the front, like here she is, folks. No, but I mean I hear so yeah, I mean I, I think, you know, seriously, I mean what I what I heard is that a decade of relationship built on things like likability and trust and enjoying each other and knowing the level of work ethic you each brought to the table. And the fact that you're kind of yin and yang, right? You're kind of yin and yang in running Noble Co. That was exciting. Yeah. So let's talk about the yin and yang a little bit. Let's unpack that. So you know how, so there's like all these action, like I love these action movies. Like I love Jason Statham and stuff like where, you know, he comes in like kicking somebody midair and then all of a sudden like his name or whatever name is assigned to him is like pops up on the screen. So let's say you're both in these action shots and your movie starts rolling out. What are you called and what are you called when your face first comes on the screen? Oh, gosh. I'm, I got to think about this a little bit more because I am like the funny heart of the organization. Like I'm the, like the jokester, I'm the heart, yes. I'm the emotion. And like Marty is like the stoic truth, right? Oh, yeah. So, so yeah. she brings that stoic truth. And so I think I got to think a little bit more about what my action name would be, but yeah, it probably would be like, instead of Kevin Hart, like funny heart, here she comes, ah, you know, like that's kind of my go-to. So I'm Love always it. like the emotional kind of like fun person who comes in and, you know, then again, you get the stoic truth coming in. So 
Yeah, I like don't that know. Do you yeah. have a you got a name for I, us? I, I don't know. Like uh I'm no, not that I creative, know. Manny. Come yeah. on. I mean, like, I'm, no, I'm very okay. creative. I don't know that I'm creative <laughs> enough for that space. Yeah. What do you what do you uh, what do you each own? How are you dividing and conquering the work at Noble Co.? So Stephanie is focusing on strategy and leadership, and I'm focusing more on the operational, the tactical, the boots on the ground, kind of like get in there and like figure things out from an operational standpoint and from strategy. So, you know, while Stephanie and I were in financial services together for the first 10 years together. They started at 12, folks. They started at 12. When (laughs) when I had my paper route, they were already in financial services. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's our yeah. That's our say. that's our way. And it and it really goes both ways because there are times when like Marty will be kind of in the weeds and like tactically working through things and saying, like, I need to see how this all fits together. And what I do is kind of take all of that and reposition it. So I'm pretty good with kind of the language side of things. Yes. And like how do we tell the story, but just not good with coming up with superhero names. It's but okay. I think that, you know, it's like the language part of it of like how do we really position this and take all this complex stuff and make it really digestible. And then the same thing too, is I can come up with these like high level strategies for firms. And I can say, here's where I think we can go. Here's the market opportunity. Here's what I think each of these people can do and their highest point of contribution. And Marty is able to take those things and put them into action and put them into place right away. So it really is kind of a two way, depending on what's happening in the organization, because sometimes we are coming at it from just like tactical things that Mm -hmm. need to be fixed. Mm -hmm. And and Marty will say, this is part of a bigger problem mm-hmm. or a bigger challenge. Mm-hmm. And so then I'll jump in, swoop in and kind of look at like, what are all of the things at play and vice versa, where I'm like, I know this is where we need to go, but talk I, to me about how do we use each person to do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And I think that's where really understanding your strengths and weaknesses and owning that, right? What Self-awareness. Your Self-awareness mm-hmm. where that comes in, because there's a lot of areas where... I need to figure out how do I articulate this or how do I communicate this in the way that's going to be best for a particular employee or a firm leader or, you know, we're trying to land a deal, whatever it is. I send her this like big jumbled up mess and then she makes, I always say, can you make this pretty please? And like try to articulate exactly what it is that I'm trying to say. That's funny heart though, right? I mean, if you think about like what you just said there, like that now makes complete sense to me because I think like emotion buys, but logic has to pay for it. Absolutely. And so you are, you're a tactical assassin. I get it. Like I had, we had years together working together. It's like, it was just, I was like, I love the execution, but yeah, sometimes we had to look at things and say, okay, but can we get people emotionally bought into this to actually then execute it? Right. Right. Like if you solve it, that's great. But if they aren't willing to do anything with it. Oh, That's yeah. still an issue for all of us, yeah, right? Absolutely. So I could see how, you know, you pulling it together, repackaging it slightly in a way that gets the person emotionally and mentally really bought in yes. to wanting to go on the journey to solve their problems yes. or improve their environment is a meaningful way to partner. Right. Where if somebody says no, or I'm, I don't understand why, <laughs> like, yeah. I just laid out all these problems in these areas that need to be fixed. Why? And Stephanie's like, let me handle this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Give me an example of like one of the most recent problems that you've helped somebody solve in their business. Oh my goodness. I, <laughs> Give me so an example is. we can share. My children yeah. listen to the podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I, I think one of the biggest things and one of the biggest success stories and trajectories that we're on right now is we were working with somebody who's a serial entrepreneur, you know, and you're a business owner, you've got these ideas, you've got all these things that are competing for your attention. And there's a lot of energy and excitement around these things. But one of the things that we did is really sit down with this individual and say, like, let's talk about all of these different things that you've got on the table and really evaluate what's the impact to the business? How much effort is it going to take? What is it really going to mean for you to follow in all these things? Because as you know, you can't do everything well. Right. right. And it's That's I think right. it's really hard sometimes for people to let go. And there's an analogy that I love about if you want to grow the prized tomato, sometimes you got to cut off really good fruit. And that's what we want to help our people do is grow this prized tomato. And so we went through this whole process. And for many years, this individual like the people had said, we've had people come in, they've we've tried to do strategic plans, we've tried to do all of these things. And I think what they were missing was the heart part of it. Because to your point, like decisions are made by our heart mm-hmm. and then they're justified with our head. And And I think that was really what we were missing is like, where's our heart in all of this? And like, how does this really impact who we are mm-hmm. as individuals and how is this going to impact the firm? So I think that was one of the most recent and most impactful success mm-hmm. stories because the seven, eight people that are supporting this individual on a regular basis, they're like, oh my gosh, we have been asking for this forever because they've been running around mm-hmm. like chickens with their heads cut off trying to work in all these different avenues. So I think that's one of the biggest ones mm-hmm. as far as like a big kind of strategic side of it, mm-hmm. but lots of tactical pieces too. Yeah. I think client experience is one of those tactical pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Cause we, in our years together, we always spoke about that. Yes. It's so important. I don't care what business you're in and I'm so hyper aware of it. And my husband just can't stand it everywhere we go. I, I would not do it that way. I would do it this way. You know, I'm always saying, well, why don't they do this? But it's so important. Client experience from the moment they are exposed to your business to the onboarding process, right? And once they are a client and what that's going to look like is just so vital because if you're, I, again, doesn't matter what industry, but if there's a hundred of you out there doing the same thing, right? Buying and, and selling the same stocks and mutual funds and whatever the insurance policies, whatever it is, what sets you apart? How does that client leave when they have had an interaction with you? Or not even an interaction, before they have an interaction. What's it like when they call your office on the phone? What's it like when they get that mailer if they're going to a seminar and they get the mailer and, you know, what are all those interactions about? So that is it's huge for us because it's a it's about client retention it's about referability so that's an area that we really dive in with with most cuz that's probably the lowest thing on the scale that folks pay attention to and that they're going to invest any time and energy into you made me think well you made me think of a lot of things one we used to always speak about the Starbucks experience chapter 2 everything matters right it's like everything matters when i heard that you got here at 1:30 and i'm in a meeting and I'm like, I'm just starting to sweat bullets because I have anxiety that I'm like, oh my gosh, I had to cancel last time. Now they're here early. <laughs> Did I have the wrong time? You know, like everything just matters, right? It does. I even think back to the, because I was thinking about this in anticipation of us being together. I mean, folks, just so you know, Marty 
left us <laughs> to pursue her dream of entrepreneurship. Just so we're all clear, like let's just get that disclaimer this out is right my now. Launch pad. <laughs> uh, so, so just know, just know, I am man enough to own that. <laughs> but I was thinking about like even the way you transitioned, it was first class. Like you were oh, a pro. You. Thanks. You were a first class human. Thank you. Right, and you know, obviously, I knew I knew Graham and I knew Ian a little bit better. You know, your son and your husband. So I was like, wasn't surprised, right? Like Ian could be in like a sports mo- modeling magazine or like, <laughs> you know, J. Crew or Brooks Brothers, whatever he wants. But, you know, like no surprise that your family, that that's how you would transition to pursue your dream. But yeah, every aspect of the experience matters. And it just seems like it seems as if too many of us are saying, oh, I'm so busy. So that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Like, what's that crap? We do not tolerate that. Actually, please, I was kind yeah, of please laughing. Say more about that. Well, I just got to laugh, Amanda, because earlier you were talking about, and you said, Marty, what's your favorite compliment to give? And I know she had like a very like polite one, but yeah. honestly, if she goes, that doesn't suck or you don't suck, <laughs> then I know we've arrived. Okay. I know that we've arrived because she really is looking at things with that like fine tooth. Yes. home and really being able to to look at things. And so I think there's something about having that high standard yes. that really does push both of us to kind of to go above and beyond and to really think about what is this like? Because at the end of the day, all we have is these micro moments and interactions with people. And we want those micro moments and interactions to feel good for us and for Mm -hmm. them. And I think if we can really start to think more about, it's not about the outcome all the time. The outcome will come if we're doing the right things. Mm -hmm. And I love uh, Atomic Habits, James Clear. I always tell everybody, right? I always talk about it. it. But he always talks about the fact that winners and losers always have the same goal. They just have different systems that help them get there. And I think if we utilize and we practice great systems, great standards, we don't have to have tons and tons and tons of clients. We have to have two, three, four really good, strong clients. And I think that's a difference about how we approach things. It is a little bit different than our traditional financial experience where it's all about the numbers, right? More people, more clients, more advisors, all of those things. Whereas like we can go in and have real impact with these smaller situations. And uh, I think that's a lot of fun, but yeah, we want, we want it to be excellent always. You know, since we're talking about the client experience, I'm really curious if you have any advice for professionals today around creating an incredible first impression. I think people go into presenting way too soon. And that is one of my very first things is like, if you're telling your side of the story, you're already losing, right? Because you've got to get into the other person's world and understand what makes them tick, what makes them energized, what makes them excited. Because if we don't understand that, we can't bring a solution that really serves them well. I think it's very easy. Obviously, both of us, we have over 20 years of experience in this world. We could really quickly walk into an office and say, oh, you should have this morning huddle. You should do this. I could tell you all of those things, Mm -hmm. but if I haven't become a part of your firm and don't understand when, why, how, where, and all of the things that make sense for you, Mm -hmm. none of those things matter, Mm -hmm. right? It's really a, it's a process. Anytime we're asking people to buy, anytime we're asking people to say yes to the things that we're doing, Ultimately, we have to manage new changes for them because they have to do new behaviors to do those things. And if we don't understand like what motivates people to do new behaviors, 
you're in trouble. So I don't think I have necessarily three, but I would say first and foremost, like get into their world, help yourself understand like, what is it that makes them tick and why is this important for them? Because your solution is not the best solution until you know exactly where it fits. And if you couldn't walk into an office and install it yourself, you shouldn't be selling it at that point. Yeah. Right. You're not ready. Great advice. Marty, something that you would add as advice to somebody who wants to improve the first impression that they give when they're out there in the marketplace? Yeah. I mean, this is why we're yin and yang. Mine is very much more tactical. And I actually posted about it yesterday. Your messaging, I mean, number, you know, check your voicemail greeting. What does that sound like? If you're handing out your business card and it's like, hey, it's Manny, you know, catch you later, something <laughs> random. As I've never done. And everyone knows. Yeah. You know, how terrible, right? But then the other thing is a lot of folks today are using virtual assistants. I had a terrible experience no, yesterday with a virtual assistant. Terrible. And if I didn't already have an appointment with this firm and was just trying to like rearrange it, I probably would have just said, I'm done. This was like sure. way too much of my time. So it's just auditing your client experience, calling your your office. If you have a staff calling and, and seeing what that experience is like, if it's just you and you're, you're a new advisor starting out, check your voicemail greeting, make sure that it's appropriate and professional, you know, just little things like that. So I love that you said that. And I'm thinking about in these first impressions and client experiences, how bothered I am when I express gratitude and someone says, no problem. Tell me what you think about that. So I'm coming to Noble Co. I walk in, somebody at the front greets me. They ask me if I'd like water or coffee. I say, coffee. They say, cream or sugar. I said, black. Thank you so much. No problem. Where does your mind go when I say that? It's true because it, it's kind of just like a, a rote response, but you're right because when you say it, I actually have never thought about it until you just said that, until you said like, no problem. Yeah. Well, so I think about no worries a lot. When I hear no worries, I have a big problem with that. Yes. I think it's the same it, thing, it, but it's when somebody says no thing. worries, I'm like, of course there's no worries. What do you mean? <laughs> well, that's what I mean. I, I always say, I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, wait, was there a problem? Right. <laughs> If I had right. if I had been taller or shorter, if I had asked for the yeah. sugar, like what made it no problem? The fact that I said black, you know, and I just wonder, and I've only had Chick-fil-A once in my life. Don't knock me Chick-fil-A, but I love that they say it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Yeah, right. I say it to everybody around the office. And it's funny because we had training and Alex knows we brought Chick-fil-A in for lunch for our firm and we ran training. So I'm fun. like, why? Oh, so fun. Right? That's like, why? Why yeah. do yes. they say that, right? And and people love them. And I don't even know if the chicken's that good because I only had it one time. But it's like, people are like, that sounds so different. Mm-hmm. It's my pleasure. Yeah, It's absolutely. always my pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that that's a struggle. I mean, we're we're facing it right now because we do do some hiring for firms. We support them in hiring. It's not even listed on our on okay. any on our offerings. But you'll round out if that's a if, that's, if a significant need. Yes, yeah. if it's a Got need. It. And so the struggle right now is when we, we've been doing a lot of interviewing and it's like, what types of things can we overlook because we need somebody in this role? And so it's things like that. It's like, I would love to have somebody that responded like that and said, no pleasure. And, and we talk about all the time, We is that somebody we could train up and get to that standard? Yes. And usually that's what ends up having to happen because 
just getting somebody to come in and fill this role and be qualified and be a good fit for the firm is such an uphill battle. And to check all those other boxes, it just requires some training for sure. What was the moment that happened when you just said, I'm absolutely going to pursue my dreams of becoming an entrepreneur and starting my own company? What happened? I'd prefer to hear a moment for each of you. And Marty, it's okay if your moment brings me excruciating pain. <laughs> it's like, seriously, Ian, I mean it. I'm over it. I'm finally over it. Now. I'm finally over it. But like, she did leave us. But I'm really okay with it. I'd rather just know, like, just when was it that you were like, I'm going to do this? So I spent some time with an advisor that her husband introduced me to. Mm. And he was looking for somebody to fill this role for director of operations. And if I'm being candid, it didn't, he could afford me, Mm -hmm. but I didn't feel like it was necessary. And I asked Mm -hmm. him, I said, can you just talk this through with me? Because I don't think I'm a fit for you. I don't think for full time, but I do think that I can help you. And would this work? And even in the moments when I'm saying it to him, I'm not thinking, oh, I'm going to start my own business. I'm just kind of talking through this idea with him. And he said, yes, and I know this person and this person and this person that could mm-hmm. also use the support. And yeah, and and it was – then I went home and thought, oh my gosh, this is a business. This mm-hmm. is what I can really do. And being in, in the firm and trying to find my path and what that was going to look like, that's what I wanted to do. We even had conversations mm-hmm. about that around yeah. here. You yes. know? So I knew that's where my heart was and what I wanted to do. So when we talked it through and I saw that it was a viable, it was a viable role, that's when it happened. That's awesome. And I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. And for me, it really was when Marty came back to me and she said, I think there's really something here and I want you to be a part of it. And I'm looking at her and saying, I have a full-time job. I have four kids and you're asking me to like do this as part of it. But she's like, I really believe we can do this together. And it's always something that had been really exciting for us. And the interesting thing is back in 2019, Marty and I and another colleague of ours, we actually took a weekend trip to kind of do vision planning. I remember this because she posted about it. Yes. And that was, that was it. And so we did this, you know, so we went, did this vision trip and I took a picture of it at our one year anniversary and I sent it to Marty and it was like, within five years, do I own my own company? Do I do all of these things? And it, it was just, it wasn't this point of saying like, okay, I have to hit this goal, right? Right. Of owning my own company. It was just like when she presented it to me and she started talking to me about it, it was like I could see the world unfolding in front of me. And I was like, yes, I want to be a part of this and I want to be a part of it with you. And I knew that like we were going to do something special together and it's been incredible, incredible doing it and just thinking about the freedom and really helping us to identify our strengths too, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think there's, there's different places we've been stretched in different ways. We've been able to work. And for the last, you know, in my previous company or current company still, but I work remotely. So Mm -hmm. I work a lot, like, and I just go out and I work with clients and do things and we do great, incredible work, but I was missing that partnership. Mm -hmm. And so when when I've had that, and when Marty was like, let's do this together, I was like, you got it. Like I said, 
You know how I trust her. Yeah. Oh, gosh. The most. The most. The most. Even more than Mike, who I'm now realizing Mike is the one who broke Marty and I up. I now know. We were just throwing Mike under the bus. I mean, this was not a good show for Mike. I know. Marty brought us together. You guys, he broke you guys apart, right? Uh, I mean, look, I, I loved having you both on. I loved listening to you express the affection and trust and like belief you have in each other. You know, we talk about advocates a lot in the show and that's a lot different than a mentor. And I just think that that relationship that y'all have had is so special. And that is a really great predictor of like what the next 20 year run is going to be like between the two of you, you know, serving and leading the Noble Co and all the clients that it's going to impact. I also loved listening to the fact that you're going to help advisors do what they need to do at the highest level, which is really help people around architecting plans around their dreams and priorities so that they can live an incredible life. And that's really special. As you know, you know how noble I feel this work is that we do. So it's really special to hear that it's exciting Folks, if you wanted to hear a story about dreaming and pursuing your vision of entrepreneurship, what it's like to find the right partner, what it looks like to add value and solve problems for folks, prioritizing the client experience as a non-negotiable and making incredible first impressions, you heard it here today with Marty McLeish and Stephanie Murphy, co-founders of Noble Co. Celebrated their first anniversary, and I can't wait to hear about the next 20-year run that you'll go on. Thanks, Thanks. Thanks so much for having us. So glad to be here. Thanks for being here. 